0: If you or someone you know is struggling with suicide, help is available. Dial 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. What's up, everybody? And welcome to The Huddle. It's your boy, LA, and I'm by myself i'm by myself guys normally in the background when i say it's the huddle you'll hear somebody say "The huddle." he's not here today um austin is not in the building today it's just us and um it's back how we started koc just me and you it's funny because actually since we really began progressing with koc i've never really had a moment where it was just us uh, besides the, the videos that i do i've never really headlined the platform i've i'm normally in the background writing or directing um so this opportunity is pretty great. Uh, I'm humbled by it. I thank you for all of the support for whatever you have supported, whether it was coming to the Illustrated Sermons, the events that we've done in person, videos online, reading blogs online, listening to podcasts. Wow, we've done a lot. God has been good to us and I'm grateful for your support. But um, I'm going to need one more thing to, for you to do. Um, pray for me because I don't know how this podcast is going to go. To be honest, I have zero accountability I'm in the room And we're going to see what happens But you know how we do on this show The first thing is hear me out And I want to say something Thanksgiving is around the corner Thanksgiving is around the corner And for those of you who don't know um, This is not a holiday for amateurs I know a lot of you feel called to cook You feel like you're a chef Listen, if you haven't cooked anything From January to September You are not a chef Okay. And I know that your family probably won't tell you this. So they sent you to the podcast to remind you that your services will not be needed this year if you have not cooked anything from January to September. This is not tryouts. This is like the final exam. Thanksgiving is the final exam for chefs, which means if you can't cook, we already know that. Let's not try to start something new. You got to know what you're called to. You know, and um, I know that we talk about Kingdom over Castles and I know I'm called to unity. But let me explain uh, what 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 unity is in my eyes. I think unity, of course, is when we come together and um, diversity is important. But diversity is when each party is equally represented, not just having a bunch of people together. Are each of us equally represented? And I want to say that for some time, I feel like some of us. Uh, Don't want to say this So I feel like the one That needs to say When it comes to Thanksgiving food No lorries, no me Did you hear what I said? I said no lorries, no me No seasoning salt, no me You know, I know that some of y'all Listen, the Bible says We are to be the light And the salt of the earth And um, it didn't say nothing about pepper So I don't know why y'all feel like You know, we gonna eat food that you didn't season so no lorries no me some of y'all still don't understand what i'm talking about because i I realize we have a diverse audience so let me break it down to everybody's level of understanding when i think of kingdom over castles for some reason my mind thinks of a courtyard and everybody has their apartments and we all outside okay can somebody go back in and get the lorries the seasoning salt the lorries not salt the seasoning salt we want okay here's here's my my take on it. When it comes to Thanksgiving food, I like to think of it as music. That's just how, you know, I can uh break things down and you know, I like art, you know, I'm an artist and and, and so I like to think of it as music. I don't want my Thanksgiving food to taste like um let me see. I don't want my Thanksgiving food to taste like why you got to go and make things so complicated? Well, no, I want my Thanksgiving food to taste like, oh, I think they like me. Haters want to fight me. Yetis he's mad because I came up overnight. B, yeah, I switched it up. I got a nine cuff tightly. So you better do the right thing like Spike Lee. Yeah, I'm super clean. Rock jeans with a white. T- you get it? OK, I don't want my food to taste like, Uh, uh, let's see. I don't want it to taste like you go before I know. That you've even gone to win my war. Thank you, Jesus. No, I want my food to taste like, Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. That's how I want my food to taste. I don't want it to taste like, Where are you, Christmas? Why can't I find you? I want my Thanksgiving food to taste like, And this Christmas, ah, yeah, ah, yeah, ah. Will be A very special Christmas That's that's how I want my Thanksgiving food to taste So um, do with that information what you will I know like I said that everybody has different taste buds And some of y'all probably don't like Your food to be seasoned And that's okay I feel like this is the time in the kingdom Where we need to speak up and be like You know what this is what I like Because some of y'all You know for the sake of unity Be lying And y'all low key be eating before y'all go and after because you're not satisfied all because you didn't speak up so i'm just saying this thanksgiving let's speak up i know we are all you know out here working on unity we trying to work together be together and i think it's beautiful but we need to express that although we are alike in a lot of ways we do have some differences and that's quite okay now um now that i've expressed myself uh i want to shift over into um minding someone's business Yes, yes. We have a new segment here called That's Crazy. And um, before we get started, you know, Austin last week came with the heat and said, remember the log in our eyes. So we are not, you know, going to look past the log in our eye and help our brother out. We we just want to, you know, we want to look through the lens of our log to see if, you know, this is crazy or not. We're not judging the people. We're just um, seeing if we could imagine ourselves in this situation, so you know, we're still listening to what Austin said last week by remembering the log in our eye. Anyway, it says, California kayakers end up in the mouth of a humpback well. Yes, a well. Two kayakers escaped uninjured when they briefly ended up in the mouth of a humpback well that surfaced beneath them. Julie and Liz said they were kayaking, and while watching a well on Monday off the coast of Avale Beach. The well surfaced from underneath their boat. A video shows the women and the kayak in the well's mouth before they all disappeared under the surface of the water. OK, pause. Pause. Um, I know that I personally like water sports, but I like water sports where there's no whales. I like water sports where. I can stand up the moment I feel insecure. When you get, do you know how far you gotta be out to be where a whale is? And you're out there with a kayak next to a whale. This is crazy. See, this is why in this season, God has been really having me watch what I say as far as worship. Because we sing songs like um, if you've done it before, you can do it again. And now look at you. Jonah 2020. Look at you. God said, Oh, you thought you forgot who I am. You forgot that. I am the God who sent the whale to swallow Jonah. You said I've seen him move, I'll see you do it again. And and look at me doing it again. God, let me tell you right now, Father, I believe your word, and you don't have to prove that part of the word to me. I'm fine with that. I'm 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 totally okay with um learning from Jonah. I don't have to experience <laughs> everything. Amen, amen So uh, let's get right into the topic today um, I'm not the best at segueing things And this is a serious topic And so um, I farted for a long time I really didn't want to talk about it But I do believe it's important Especially with the times that we're living in now Where a lot of people are isolated I want to talk about something very serious Let's talk about suicide Suicide <laughs> talk about suicide. I'm gonna be honest with y'all uh this is the third attempt to record this podcast. When I tell you that everything has tried to come against me recording this I mean like the first half yes was recorded but this is literally my third attempt to recording this podcast so I don't know who this is for but um I'm gonna press through because I know that this is really going to bless and help somebody before I get started. I want to, you know, give a fair warning that if you have children in the room and you're not comfortable with them hearing about suicide, um, I am going to get a little graphic here. Uh, so, you know, if you have children in the room, you might want to remove them and, uh, listen to this at a later time or, you know, pause it, whatever you have to do. I will say, however, that, uh, have the conversation with your kids. The enemy does not wait until you're 30 to attack you with these things. Um, In fact, what I'm telling you is something that happened to me when I was 16. So I want you to, you know, obviously you're the parent, you have the choice, but, you know, uh, this is my warning because we're about to get deep. Okay. I feel like y'all heard this story because, like I said, this is my third attempt to recording this podcast. So um, y'all pray for me um, because it's already hard to talk about this. So here we go. Uh, Suicide. Before we can really minister and talk to people about it, it's important that we understand why they got there. I think a lot of times people, um, especially in church, for me growing up, we always heard like, you kill yourself, you're going to hell. You're going to hell, 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 you kill yourself, you're going to hell. Okay, cool. Here's what I want to take it a step further and say. People who are at the point of wanting to kill themselves, if we're honest, they already feel like they're living in hell. They are at a point in their life where it feels like hell can't be much worse than what I'm going through right now. Now, we know that's not true and it's a trick of the enemy, but that's what it feels like. Um, I personally have gone through this. So I know from my personal experience that hell and going to hell is not really on your mind when you're in this uh dark place because to be honest you're not even in your right mind you can't see that there are great days ahead of you you feel like you've outlived your great days and the only thing left is bad days okay so i just wanted to throw that out there let me get into my story and then we're gonna you know take it from there 2010 uh was a year of just death for me death and just closure um we were in the process of moving here, you know, to Florida from Detroit, Michigan, and uh, it seemed like the best thing ever because, you know, obviously growing up in Detroit and for those of you who are listening who are from Detroit or other areas, if you have not grown up in a tropical area, in your mind when you hear Florida, you think that it's vacation every day and everybody just walks around um, in bikinis and You know, and and swimming trunks, and you just get these fancy drinks at the traffic light, and people are just making strawberry daiquiris at your job, and y'all get to play beach volleyball on your lunch break. Like that's literally what you think. You think vacation. No one thinks Florida work. You think Florida chill. Okay, so uh, we were planning to move to Florida, and um, my grandparents they were wanting to come. Uh, move here too. It was just a lot warmer, easier on their bodies or whatever. Um, I was very close to my grandfather. We were the best of friends um, since I was a child. I just I, I was we were joint at the hip at the hip. Uh, he taught me how to drink coffee. Uh, taught me everything about like just bathrobes. My grandfather was one of the most fashionable guys ever. He always had a suit on, even if he was just chilling around the house. He, this dude would just put on a three piece suit or like a fancy sweater. Uh, he was just He was always dressed up. And that's kind of where I get a lot of that stuff from, too. Um, So my grandfather and I, we were really close. April 5th, 2010, the worst thing ever could have that ever could happen happened. I lost my grandfather. Um, He died of cancer. And I remember distinctively us standing around his bed and crying. But I didn't believe that it was real. I thought that it was fake. I thought that uh, I thought that the funeral home would call us and say he's alive. You know, I I didn't believe that he was actually gone. And um, because I didn't believe that when it came time for the funeral, obviously, I'm in that, you know, there's five stages of grief. I was heavily in denial. Reality didn't hit for me until we got to the funeral and they started closing the casket. Now, I didn't do the whole dramatic scream thing, but I I remember crying and and blacking out for for a few minutes. Um, After the funeral, the night after the funeral, I remember laying in my room in the dark and there was this heavy grief that came up over me. It was crazy. And, um, you know, I I can't speak for everybody else, but if you've ever lost a loved one, in my opinion, the grieving stage doesn't start until truly after the funeral. I think during the process of the funeral, you're so caught up in getting ready for it and um, you're surrounded by more family than you normally are because now everybody's off work and they come together and so you know, you're hurt, but you haven't really had that grieving. I feel like for me, grieving starts when I'm alone, when, you know, when people stop bringing food to the house, when the plants die, when the, when the cards stop, uh, when, when the visitors, when the visiting stops and it's just you and you have to learn and literally train yourself not to call their phone, not to go by the house. You know, you have to learn how to do life without them. And it's hard when, when it's someone that's A big part of your life. So uh, after he passed away, um, I remember one of my godmothers died of cancer, same thing. And then I remember a classmate of mine was shot and killed. Um, And I'm not trying to tell this as some sob story. I'm just, I'm just telling the story of what led to where I went. Uh, When my, when the classmate died, that was scary because that one was murder. And I've seen people, you know, new people, you know, growing up in Detroit, murder is not as rare as it should be. But um, that one for some reason was so spooky because I remember seeing him the Friday before he was killed. Um, and then um, we were all signed in his locker and, and the, the custodian came and took the locker off and gave it to his parents. And it was just like a quiet two days at school. You could hear a pin drop. Um, shortly after all of this lost. We persisted in moving to Florida. And when we moved here, um, it was cool. It was exciting, but it was so different. It was vastly different. And it was like a night and day difference. I mean, I was away from friends. I was away from the familiar things, um, the way we dress, the way we talk, the way we joke, the music we listen to, even the style of church. Everything was just so different. And I think for me, it was just too much change at one time. And it caused me to go into a depression. Now, the thing is, I didn't know what depression was. I didn't know um, what what depression was because it wasn't um, talked about like it should. Um, It wasn't really explained like it should have been because... That just wasn't something that we did. Like, for instance, you know, growing up, unfortunately, in the African-American community, especially, we didn't talk about depression. That's new. Talking about depression is new. And so when I was going through it, I didn't know what the heck was going on with me. I just thought I was sad. And I can tell you guys, honestly, I used to sleep in a pool of tears. And I don't know if you've ever woke up crying, but I used to wake up out of my sleep crying. Balling my eyes out and there was just this pain of heartbreak that was so heavy and uh you know when you're going through stuff like that you need people around you who know you who get you you don't want to be trying to introduce yourself to people and be broken at the same time Because when you meet new people, you know, you want to be the best version of yourself. So here I am lying to people that I'm meeting here. They're not my real friends. They don't know me. So they can't look me in my face and tell that I'm lying. Um, I didn't have access to too many. You know, my my parents, my sister, and I had a cousin and an aunt here. But, you know, I didn't have my my inner circle. And um, when you get out of a routine, when you get out of what you're used to, that has an effect on you. That's what we're seeing now with COVID-19. A lot of people, you know, it was cool to be off work for a few weeks, but when you got out of that routine for so long, you don't realize how having a set routine and a schedule really affects your mind. And so when you get away from that, it, it really affects you. Um, so I was, I was in deep pain, guys. I, I wish I could find words to really exple- express how much pain I was, but the pain shifted into suicidal thoughts. And uh, I remember vividly, I remember the plan that I had to kill myself. My parents would go off and they would do these Bible studies uh, at this local shelter here. And they had no idea that I was going through this. And the thing is, you know, when people are suicidal and depressed, you don't really know all of the time. Because a lot of times they're the ones that are smiling the most, helping the most, serving the most. So it's easy to assume that they're okay when they're not. So I had this rope and uh, the enemy. He. I have a creative mind and I know that God gave me the the gift of creativity. And so if I'm not careful and if, if you're listening to this and you're creative, you have to be careful to guard that because I think that the ability to create and a creative spirit is one of the closest things to God. Not saying we're better, but I think it's really, really close to God and the enemy is jealous of that. And if you don't, guarded he the enemy will hijack your creativity and try to use it for his glory and that's what happened to me and so i had this rope and i had this plan to kill myself I, I was going to um mount the rope in my closet go in the closet close the door and hang myself in the dark and the enemy made me feel so uh i just had this inconspicuous feeling of just like you know really like the world wouldn't miss me if I was gone. And so if I hung myself, people would have to find where I am. It's just so demonic and so evil. And then I had a plan for pills and it got so bad to where I was like, okay, I'm going to take this handful of pills and I'm going to go to sleep at night. You know, and if I wake up in the morning, good. If I don't, better. And so I went through this from 2010 all the way Until about 2000 and late 2011, 2012. Of just every night feeling like killing myself, killing myself, killing myself, killing myself. myself. Um, And it was so dark and so heavy. And the reason why I want to shift into this, the reason why it was so easy for me to entertain that thought is because everything that I claimed to be true in my life was not there the friends that I thought I would have forever the location that I thought I would live in forever even the idea of moving and who would come you know my grandparents were supposed to come here all of that changed and because it changed I felt like if that failed I'm a failure and if I if I can't live to this standard of my plans then I don't want to live selfish mindset And this is why I want to come against this thing. And and, and I know people will argue this, but I don't care because I can tell you from my personal experience. And when you have personal experience, there's really no argument that can change your mind. There is this demonic thing that I keep hearing going around. And I'm not really the one to call stuff demonic, but I know the enemy and how he works in this area because he tried it with me. People say stuff like this is my truth. I'm living my truth. And if I'm honest, we don't really have a truth on our own. The only truth that we have is without Christ, we're nothing. That's it. And the reason that I know we don't have a truth is because the truth can't fail. Because if the truth fails, then it was never true. And so what I claim to be my truth I am in Detroit. These are my friends. This is my family. This is the school I go to. This is where I'm going to go after I graduate. That was my truth at the time. And because that was, I was clinging to that as my truth. When it failed, I felt like I had nothing else to live for. And so, because I didn't know God to be my truth, it was easy for me to dismiss my life. See, The thing about suicide, especially for the kingdom, I want people to know this in church, you can be saved and still want to to kill yourself. You can be saved and still not fully understand the truth. You can be, I don't care how anointed you are. Like, let's talk about suicide. Let's talk about how you volunteer at the church, how you put on this makeup, how you, you know, run this business. But deep down inside, the enemy is playing you and making you feel like you can exit this world at any time and nobody would notice. That's a lie. And so we get into this habit of saying, this is my truth. This is my truth. Well, let me tell you something. Your truth, if it's not God's truth, will fail you. Your friends, your surroundings, all of these things will fail you. All of these things that we put in the place of God is subject to fail. Let me let me, let me me uh, take you to the Bible real quick. Let's go to Philippians real quick. And I, I know, you know, I'm not trying to push the Bible, but I'm going to read this real quick to you. Philippians 4 and 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live through Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters. One final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. I'm going to stop there. Fix your thoughts on what is true. And so now we have to ask ourselves, what is true? If my plans, if my friends are not really my truth, and the reason that they're not is because they could change. And like I said earlier, a truth cannot fail. Friends can fail you. Jobs can fail you. What is the truth then? Okay, in John 15, it says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me, and I remain in you. For every branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine; you are the branch. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So I had these plans and these these ideas apart from God. I'm not saying that I was wrong for for valuing the friendships and things that I had, but the thing that I that I messed up on in my depression, as I learn and I grow. I had made things that changed my truth. And so when they changed, I felt like God failed me. And God was saying, I promise to always be with you. I never promised that you will always have these friends live in this area. My only promise to you is that I will always be with you. And that's why I think the Bible tells us, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. And I think with God, he's saying these are things, these, these little friends, these little houses, these little jobs, these cars, whatever. All this stuff can change and pass. That's why you have to seek me first. I love what Austin, he always says. I don't know if he said it on the podcast before, but he always says, you know, our journeys are with God, not with people. And that is so true. And so when my journey took a turn um, away from the people that I was familiar with, I wanted to kill myself. And here's another thing about, about suicide. The devil wanted to have me leave because he knew how valuable I was. When you're suicidal, you don't know how valuable you are. And the only way to know how valuable something is is to know how much it cost. When I was a kid, my father used to drive Escalade trucks. And um, I remember one time after school, I had the bright idea to skydive. Now, don't judge me, y'all. Remember the log in your eye. First of all, uh, it was stupid, but I decided to skydive. And what I mean is I opened the door, the truck set up high. I had my seatbelt on and I would like fall to the ground and the seatbelt would catch me before I hit the ground. And then I would like backflip and I'm still in the seatbelt backflipping, twirling, doing all these things. And it was just like fun. Well, one day my dad was like, get out the car. And I couldn't. I couldn't get out the car because I was stuck in the seatbelt and I couldn't get myself untangled. And I remember my dad came out there and he was mad. He was flipping me all around, trying to get, the, get me untangled and he couldn't. And so he had to go in the house and get a steak knife and cut the seatbelt. And he was so mad. And I remember getting in so much trouble because he had to cut his seatbelt in the Escalade truck. And he was like, now nah, I got to get a new seatbelt and yada, 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 all this stuff. And I got in trouble, right? It's not until I got older to now I have a car I understand the value of a car see as a kid I don't know how much it costs to get the tires rotated I don't know how much it costs to get an oil change or fill it with gas or pay the car note or to pay, pay the car insurance I didn't know those things so I, I, it was easy for me to dismiss its value and to abuse it because I didn't know how much it cost. And a lot of us, we don't know how much our lives cost. We don't know how expensive the price was for us. Jesus sent his, God sent his son. John 3, 16 tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So the enemy wants you to perish because if he can get you not to believe and not to see the cost, he it's easy for you to dismiss yourself and I think a lot of times in church you know we read those scriptures and we hear for God so loved the world and we read it as if we're not a part of the world that he loved we read it as yeah God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son well if you how can you read that statement and then walk away and feel like God doesn't love you you are a part of the world that he so loved that means you too and, and, the, and so now we're in this culture where we talk about, you know, uh, things like self-love and all this stuff. And I, and I get what people are saying, but love is patient. Love is kind. You know, love is all these things. You can read it in the first Corinthians. But the thing is, how many times are you really patient with yourself? And and let's not lie here. let's Let's tell the full truth. How many of y'all have given up on a workout plan? because you didn't see results? How many of you have thrown away the business because you didn't get the clients right away? How many of you talk bad about yourself? How many of you say stuff like, oh my God, I'm so dumb, I'm so silly. That's not loving yourself. God loved us while we were yet sinners. And when you understand that and how much he went through and how much blood was shed for you then you can start to value yourself then you can start to say wait a minute i might be in a bad situation right now but i'm valuable see if you if you rock bro if you were to rock some some elevens some j's or some ones or any 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 shoe you like some Yeezys, i personally don't think that those look nice but whatever well there goes that sponsorship from kanye anyway if you were to wear some shoes and someone steps on them, you're not going to take them off and throw them in the garbage. If you were driving a car and you got a flat tire or you needed some gas, you're not going to throw the car away. You're going to go fix the tire. You're going to go put gas in it. Someone steps on the shoe, you're going to clean it off. And that's how our lives are. A lot of times, because we have this problem, we want to throw the whole life away. Because I was grieving and lost and depressed And in this new environment I wanted to throw my whole life away Because I didn't see how valuable it was I could only focus on that moment right there I didn't see how valuable it was So it was easy for me to throw it away And God is telling you today When suicide, somebody who's listening You might want to kill yourself Don't throw it away Don't end your life because you have a problem You know, you just need some counseling You just need some therapy That... Don't don't exit your life because you have this problem. You're so valuable and the enemy doesn't want you to know how valuable you are. And so he makes you feel like these things that failed were your truth, that relationship you were in, that business, that field of study, the plan to, to, to move to this area when it didn't work out. It made you feel like I should kill myself. And God is saying, no, 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 that was your truth. But I have a better truth for you. I have something that's, that's far better than what you can ever imagine or think if you would just stick around. I'll never forget one day, Austin and I, we were going to an interview. Um, we were being interviewed by the newspaper and we were on the elevator. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget this day. Uh, we, were, we were up going up the elevator and, and it was like this moment with me and God. And uh, I just started telling God, I said, this is why the enemy wanted to take me out. See, he could see where I was going don't ever get it twisted and think that the devil doesn't know that God has a great plan for you. He knows that. That's why he's your enemy, your enemy, your opponent. He tries to stop you from achieving the thing that God has for you. That's why he wants to take you out of the game. That's why he fouls you so hard, because he wants to take you out of the game early. And and I remember being on that elevator. I never thought that I would be doing what I'm doing now. I never thought that I would put together events and, and things like that in the city and be in the paper. I never thought that. That wasn't something that I needed. And, and that doesn't put value in me because once again, we, we have to separate our do from our who. We are not what we do. What we do is a response to who we are and who we are are our children of God. So when you see me write, when you see me speak, that's not who I this could change. I could, I could close, you know, KOC could stop. I could go on to do something else. At the core of my identity and at the core of your identity, we are just children of God. Me writing, me speaking, me producing, this is a response to me having a relationship with Christ. These are just responses. Because I have a relationship with Christ, my response to that is to write about it, to talk about it, to to, to do events geared about it. Like, that's the response. And so I was on this elevator and I'm thinking, God, this is why the enemy wanted to take me out because he didn't want me to get to this part because he knew that I would use the depression. He knew that I would use the pain that I've gone through to really try and help somebody. And so if you don't see the value it's like a movie. You know, you don't turn the movie off at the at the at the bad parts. You want to stick around and wait until to see how it ends. It's it's the holiday season. You want to see if 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 uh the the love interest on Hallmark is going to make it back before Christmas. Y'all know all the movies be the same. We lost that sponsorship too, dang. You want to see if if it's going to get better. Um so this is why we have to, to hang on. And I don't know who this is for. Like I said, i recorded this three times. And it seemed like every time I tried, something would happen with the microphone. Something would happen. Uh, it, it wouldn't come out right. Like, this is nothing but the devil. And I know that it's for somebody. You are listening to this and you're considering killing yourself. You are considering ending it all. And can I just tell you something? Before you go, I need you to do something. Consider how many people won't laugh without you here. How many people won't be helped if you were to end your life? How many people will have to go without their best friend if you end your life? You do realize that by you leaving, there is a gap in the family now. There's a gap in the kingdom. You might be listening to this and you say, LA, I'm not considering killing my, myself or taking my life, but I'm considering giving up on the business. Don't kill the business. Don't kill the dream of being educated. God has a plan for you. And I don't care how rough it is right now, it gets better. Stick around and wait for better. It gets better. You are not too far gone that God can't fix your situation, but you have to stick around. It gets better. When I wanted to kill myself, I thought that that God could never help me out of this. And I'm telling you, there's no hole too deep. There's no depression too dark. The enemy literally almost had me hanging myself in a closet. Because he knew it gets better at the end. And I'm telling you, whatever you do, please don't give up on life. Don't give up on yourself. You might have assigned something to be your truth. We're seeing it now in the, in the pandemic. So many people are hurting because they've made their jobs their truth, their money their truth. And when all that stuff failed and, f- and fell apart, they felt like they had nothing to live for. That's why God says, no, I am the truth. I am the truth. You might fall. You might mess up. But God is saying you're all right with me. I still have a plan for you. I still have a plan for you. And sometimes, you know, God will allow certain things to fall just to show us that out of all of the things we put in front of him, he's still there. Fantasia sings a song called truth is and I love it and she says truth is I never got over you Wish I was in her shoes and when it's all said and done. I'm still in love with you And I think god says the same thing about us. He said truth is I never got over you No matter what you did no matter how far you messed up no matter how much you feel like you backslid No matter how much sex you had how much drugs you took or sold or how much money you stole No matter what you did. I never got over you and the truth is, I wish I was standing in her shoes. When you read the book of Hosea, God is referring to the children of Israel and he's, he's telling them, you know, you guys are like prostitutes against me and you guys put other things and commit adultery against me. And God is saying, I wish I was standing in the shoes of your money. I wish I was standing in the shoes of your best friend, of your church, of your romantic relationships. I never got over you. I wish I was standing in those shoes. And when it's all said and done, when the relationship fails... When your money dries up, when your car breaks down, when your your education goals don't go the way you expect, when you can't walk into the company like you thought you would, when it's all said and done, when all those things that you put before me fail, guess what? I'm still in love with you. I'm still in love with you. And that's the part I didn't get. I was so angry at God and I was so hurt. But I didn't understand that he was still in love with me. You know, you might be listening to this and you say, LA, I don't know those scriptures. I don't go to church. Let me tell you something. I read my Bible and we as believers read our Bible because he loved us. Reading your Bible and, and going to church, God will never love you any more than he already does. I'm going to say it again because I know it went over somebody's head. God will never love you any more than he already does. So what that means is when people try to condemn you and make you feel bad because you don't go to their church or read the Bible like you like they do and pray as long as they do. Let me tell you something. We are not on a point system with God. He loves he is maxed out on love for us. We, we read our word and I encourage you to read your word and find a church home. But that's because I want you to know more about how he loves you. When you fall in love with somebody, you want to know more about them. And that's why we read our Bibles. He will never love you any more than he already does. That's what helped me in my depression. And, and like I said earlier... Counseling helps. Getting mental help helps. It makes a difference. Don't sit here and isolate yourself and try to go through this thing by yourself. I'm begging you, please, stick around. We need you. Your truth might have failed you, what you thought to be true. Your plans for this year might have failed you. But right now, at the end of the year, God is saying, I'm still in love with you. I'm still chasing after you. Don't kill yourself. Don't kill the desire to go close to me just because you failed and you messed up. I don't care how many times you fall. Get back up. Get back up. I don't care how many times you, you know, you tried to stop sleeping with this person. You said you wasn't going to drink no more. God is saying, OK, cool. Get back up because I'm still in love with you. I never got over you. I don't care what you did. My love didn't turn off for you. I want you today to see the value that God has. I want you to value yourself because you. Un- I want you to know how much God paid for you and how much he loves you. When you value yourself, you won't just end it all there is a great plan for your life. And when you kill yourself, you rob us. That's why we say you robbing the world because you have something of value. I don't care if somebody does the same thing. Nobody raps like you. Nobody sings like you. Nobody loves their children like you love your children. Nobody cooks like you. Nobody dances like you. Nobody can do the things that you do like you. You have a unique identity, a unique fingerprint, and a unique mark on this world, and nobody can feel it like you, so you have to stick around. I always think, man, if I killed myself, there would be no KOC. You, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. I wouldn't know all of my friends. I wouldn't know Austin. We wouldn't get to work together and do all these things. If I had have actually killed myself... It would be over. It would be done. It, it, it wouldn't be no, there would be no illustrated sermons. There would be no newspaper articles. There would be no, and like I said, this isn't who I am. This is a response to the relationship with Christ. Well, if I stopped being in relationship and connected to him and cut my life short, how would we be able to help people? You know, you might not have to do no uh, uh, um, uh, ministry or whatever. whatever. Whatever lane you do, there's somebody counting on you. You don't even know it, but people are watching you. People are rooting for you that you don't even know. Don't rob them by killing yourself. There's so much more life to live after this pandemic. During this pandemic, God is still good. There's so much in store for you that the enemy knows it. I know it. We just got to get you to know it. I just my The whole purpose of this podcast is so that you can know that there's more life. Let's talk about suicide. Let's talk about how you smile every day and how you go to work and you do these things. But nobody knows on the inside you're contemplating ending it all. And like I said, this don't have to be your life. You're thinking about ending the business. You're thinking about dropping out of school. You're thinking about, you know, stopping whatever you had planned. And God is saying, pick it up. Don't throw it away. Don't throw it away. In this moment, I'm sitting here and I'm just grateful for life. Because there was a time that the enemy really, really, really wanted to take it. I I couldn't see how the tears would dry up. I couldn't see how, you know, even though I failed out of college so many times, I couldn't see how God could still use that. And you could still graduate. I didn't didn't see how God could. I, I never thought I would do a podcast. I never thought I would do these things. I never thought that God could love me through all of that. But God kept saying, no, 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 L.A., when it's all said and done. I don't know who this is for, but when it's all said and done, when it falls apart, when your truth lets you down like it will, God is saying, I'm still in love with you. We would not be the huddle if we didn't leave you with strategy. How do you get through this? I'm gonna be honest. Like I said in the beginning, I'm not no you know, mental health license expert. I'm just telling you my experience and what I know to be true for me and what I know will still work for you. Number one is to pray. And I know we say it all the time, but I'm telling you, there's nothing like a prayer life. And don't just pray. Ask God to show you how much he loves you. Ask him to make it personal. Say, God, show me how much you love me. Number two, get to know what is true. Get in your word. You might be saying, "La, I don't even know how to read the Bible. That's okay. The, The purpose of Kingdom Over Castles is to give you resources, even if it doesn't come from us. Joyce Meyer has a list. She's a minister, Joyce Meyer. She has a list of I am statements. If you type in Joyce Meyer, I am statements, you can find a whole list of I ams, a whole list of truths, the truth that God says about you. Get to know that. Read that every day. Meditate, post it on your wall Number three I'm going to tell you It sounds crazy, but take the focus off of your struggles What really changed And when depression broke off of me A friend of mine or Somebody called me And they, they had a handful of pills And they were trying to kill themselves And they didn't know that I was on the other end of the phone With a rope in my hand trying to hang myself And they asked me to pray for them And in the moment when I couldn't pray for myself As I began to pray for them Something broke off of me There is nothing more powerful than when you shift the focus off of your issues and help somebody else. You get helped in the process. Take the focus off of you. Like Paul said, fix your thoughts on what is true, not on your issues, because your issues aren't even the truth. It's happening right now, but it's not going to be there forever. So, you know, pray, know the truth, you know, look up that list, Joyce Myers, uh, type in literally in Google Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E, Myers, M-E-Y-E-R-S, and type in the um, I am statements and you'll find a list. I'm going to try to get it to our social media accounts um, so that you can have that as well. Um, and then also try to take the focus off of yourself. And then number four, you know, we say this often, but I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I, I, you know, I'm not trying to preach, but you got to know when you come to KOC, you, you're going to hear about Jesus because that man changed my life and he's still changing lives. And and uh, number four, get a relationship with Christ. Let me tell you something. I know that it might sound cliche. I know you might be listening to this going, but I don't I don't feel like I need him. Everything is fine in my life right now. Let me tell you something. You will only go so high. At some point, the truth that you assigned will fail you. You need to get the truth, Jesus Christ in your life. Maybe you're scared. Maybe you're listening to this and you're going, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with Christ. They're judgmental. Look at how the Christians are acting, yada, yada, yada. You know, and I can I can partly apologize for that because maybe in the kingdom we did tell you, you know, the consequences. You know, we talked more about his consequences and less about his concern and his comfort. You know, maybe you know more about the rules than the relationship. But God is saying, I want you to know the truth. I love you. I will never love you any more than I already do. I love you just as much as I love the person who's been in church their whole life and read the whole Bible backwards and forward. And I want to do this life with you. And so if you're listening to this, I'm gonna pray and um and I'm gonna close this out. And and you know. I want you to to truly embrace this message Wherever you are, you can lift your hands You know, if you're driving, pull over You know, because we're not going to pay for damages on your car But, you know, I want you to really, truly, seriously I want you to invite God in your heart Don't kill what God has paid for I don't care how bad you feel Let me tell you God didn't get us from wish.com He's not somewhere disappointed because we didn't come the way we were advertised. God knew exactly what we, what he was getting when he paid for us. When he went to the cross, he knew exactly how raggedy we were, how messed up we were, how much we'd be trying to cuss people out, how much we'd be ready to fight and throw them bows. God knew all about that. And he said, yep, that's the one I want. I love him. And so today, all he's asking is, can you love me back? Can you let me do this thing with you? So I just want to pray. Father, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for this podcast. And Lord, right now we're at the end of ourselves. God, our hands are lifted. Our hearts are open. And God, we're saying, come into our heart. Repeat after me. Lord, come into my heart. Lord, I make you my, my Savior, my Lord and Savior. Lord, I believe that you lived and I believe that you died. And I believe that you are the one and only true and risen savior. Now, God, I'm asking that you invade my heart. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your joy. Fill me with your peace. Fill me with your comfort. And God, help me, Jesus, as I live this life. I don't want to do it without you. I can't make it without you. And so I'm asking you to be my savior today in Jesus name. Amen. And Lord, I want to just pray as we close this podcast out. Lord, we just thank you once again for the ministry of Kingdom Over Castles. God, I thank you for my life. I thank you that you've used my pain to be able to be a blessing to so many others. And God, right now for the listener who's driving, for the person who's at work, God, I'm asking that you fill them with your love, Jesus. Lord, God, this holiday season, though we might not be able to be with our family like we want to, God, we're asking that you sit at the table with us. God, we're asking that you step in the kitchen with us as we prepare our meals. God, I'm asking that you comfort the one who's sitting by themselves. And God, I thank you, Lord, once again for this ministry. I thank you for those who are listening. I ask that you allow this to be a blessing and let it be a word that they never forget. For the person who listened to this and they're at their last leg, God, give them comfort. Give them strength to hang in there and to try it your way these things I ask and declare in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. This is the huddle. I'm here by myself once again. Next week, we're going to have Austin back in the building and he's going to bring the heat. Austin, we love you, man. Bless you. Bring that heat next week. We're all ready. I'll talk to y'all later. Peace out. Oh, and one more thing before we go. Don't forget that Laurie season salt. Y'all thought I was playing. Don't be serving your family no food that ain't seasoned like you ain't just listen to the huddle. (laughs) All right, y'all, for real. I love y'all. Happy Thanksgiving.